So we come through the Resurrection Sunday, through Easter Sunday, and the title of the message is, What's Next? Because we go to celebrate it and we think, man, this is, a, and the disciples, they were, kind of, they were kind of like when things was going good, they even said, Jesus, let's just get up on top of this mountain. Let's build us some little buildings up here. Let's just stay up here. Who needs them other people? And Jesus is like, that's not why we're here. We're here to reach the least among us. Anybody and everybody, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all, everybody say all, should come to a place of repentance. So what's next? It's a good question because we go through the entire New Testament in the first four books is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in these gospels, and we, we call it the gospel because it's the, it's the good news. That's what the word gospel means, the good news of Jesus. And the gospels provide us the life of Christ and what he did as he was living on the face of this earth. And if we're not careful, we will pay more attention to what we see than the things that we don't see. Let me tell you something. I, I, I really value being able to see things. Because like, uh, it'd be tough being blind. And I take my hat off to, to people that navigate, that, that, that have no eyesight. But there's something worse than being blind physically. And that's being blind spiritually. And if we're not careful, we can go through life thinking that we can see what's important because we have eyes. My prayer today is that we will gain some vision through the eyes of the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. That something will burn up and boil up inside of us that we can figure out what's next. And I'll tell you what's next. It is that believers... Believe. It's one thing to say, and we, and us Christian people, we're like, are you a believer? Mm, I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, me too. I, I believe. I believe. It's easy to say it. But do you really? I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking about, do you really Really believe. Does your life exhibit your belief in Christ? The things that you know about his life and the life that he lived on this earth, are you a reflection of who Jesus was and not just who he was, but who he is? Because he's not done. <laughs> and I want to talk to you about that because we can celebrate the resurrection and we celebrate... <clears throat> we celebrated the death on the cross because we all have received forgiveness and access to God because of the cross. But the other side of that is, is that the resurrection is the part that gives us life because if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. 
we are miserable people if we just think that this is all there is. I'm telling you, there's something more than what we see with our physical eyes. There's something more than, than what just living and dying and paying income tax. I want to boil something up inside of you. Because it's one thing to say I'm a believer, but it's a whole new thing to really, really, really believe. Believers believe. And I just, just want to put that in you because after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is the next book, which is the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles or the book of Actions. The book of Acts is the book of Actions. In other words, what, what he's talking about is that when Jesus ascended into heaven, a lot of people, they, well, and the disciples thought that too, by the way. There is like, like the vultures in, on the high line in, in Jungle Book. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. So they're like, I don't know what to do. Jesus is... And, uh, and Peter, you know, what you, you know what you do? You know what fishermen do whenever there's nothing else to do? They go fishing. We got any fishermen here? You, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what we do. So they're like, well, Jesus is gone. So I want to talk to you about the ascension this morning because the, it's, it's, it's incredibly important that we understand that the ascension of Jesus is just as important as the cross and the resurrection. I don't know if anybody ever preached to you about that before, but Jesus said, I go to make intercession for you. I'm not done working on your behalf. And, and us uh, selfish people, we got any selfish people here? My name is Randy Weaver. Come on with me. Yeah, you live in America. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I get a little selfish from time to time. I'm just going to tell you, we can't hardly comprehend the love of Jesus because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they have no other agenda besides loving and caring for you. Amen. And we're like, we don't get it. But he gets it. That's why we serve and worship him is because he gets it and we don't. Here we do. So here it was, the change from the unknown Jew to the trusted Messiah was neither a simple or a quick fix. Is there any men here, I'm just going to talk to men, any men here you just like to fix things pretty fast? Get on it, get it done. <laughs> I'm like that, I'm like, let's just fix it. Well, Jesus came to the world, and it wasn't a quick fix. It took time, 
It took patience. It took energy. It took sacrifice. They were all pretty skeptical at first. And after Jesus was executed, we find the disciples huddled up behind the locked doors. And here's what it says. It says in John 20, 19, it says, for fear of the Jews. For fear. Why were they locked? They were like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, well, they, oh, just afraid. See, we came through this little thing called COVID. And I just submit to you that the disease wasn't near as bad as the fear of the disease. I'm going to say fear made more people sick. I'm going to say fear gripped more people than the COVID actually get gripped people. Fear can be one of the greatest detriments to faith. Fear can be one of the greatest problems to believers. Fear can keep you from your destiny. Fear can keep you from your ministry. Fear can keep you from your mission. These people are not going to go to Peru on the Amazon if they're full of fear. They're going. They're like, live, die, sink, or swim. We're going. It don't matter. So here they are. They're huddled up. The disciples, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, the believers were huddled up inside of the house for fear of the Jews. I'm just afraid. I'm afraid of what's going to happen here. Their, friends was, their friend was dead. Hope for the future was crushed with his broken body. So what's next after the Holy Scripture of the Gospels, Matthew through John, the Acts of the Apostles? This inspired book tells of the work of Jesus, but while he's in heaven, through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, through the lives of the apostles and for the churches they pastored. In other words, the book of Acts teaches the church how to be the church. And is it, isn't it, I don't know if y'all ever heard it, this before, but some churches say that the acts of the church is for, that was just for the church then, and we got to do things different to, from the way they did things because it's, that's like outdated. Let me tell you something. We're going with the book. And if the book says do it, we're going with it. If the book says stop, we're going to stop. If the book says go, we're going to go. And the book talks about the acts of the apostles. The church was birthed in the book of Acts. And it's an exciting, exciting story of how Jesus works on behalf of us and that he is making intercession. What that means is that he's praying for you. Anybody need some prayer? See, we pray to Jesus. Jesus prays for us. In other words, he talks to the Father on our behalf. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. The Holy Spirit uh, empowers us. And you remember whenever Jesus was baptized in, in, uh, in water, that when he came up out of the water, 
The heavenly father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove sat on the shoulder of Jesus. This is the triune Godhead, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. One of the, one of the better ways I ever heard it put was that it's the, the, the triune Godhead is like like an egg. It has its shell. It has the white of the egg and it has the yolk of the egg, but it's still an egg. He is still God. He is God the Father. It's like you parents, have you ever had your kid come up to you and ask you about something? And then when you said no, they went to their daddy or their mama. And and because the mama knew what the daddy said before, they didn't have to talk because they already knew what each one of them was thinking. That's the way the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit think. They all think exactly the same. The truth is always the truth. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, listen to this. All you married people, they always agree. (laughs) And many times, whenever we get into arguments, I say we, when we get into arguments, it's either one's right and one's wrong or both are wrong. And he's right. That's free marriage counseling (laughs) for everybody. We need the power and the wisdom from God. Something changed. The change in the apostles between the end of the gospel and the beginning of Acts is dramatic. In other words, the same, the same apostles that were timid, the same apostles that dispersed whenever Jesus went to the cross during the cru- crucifixion, they all scattered like sheep without a shepherd. They, they just, that fear gripped them. You will never be all you can be if fear is your master. Fear will keep you from obeying the word of God. Fear will rob you of your peace of God. I'm going to tell you something. The only way you will know peace is if you know God. And if you know God, you will know what his plan is for your life. And if you know what his plan is for your life, then you will be able to walk in peace. And I'm I'm going to say this. You may not know everything that you need to do in life, but God does. I'm talking to the believers today. I'm talking to the people who really believe that God really does have a plan individually for your life. That God is specific with his plan. Now, there's generic sides of this. And these are the obedience things that we fall through, fall, fall into and we walk in obedience. But with us, Everybody here, I mean, just look at your neighbor. We're all different. You look at your neighbor, say, thank God. (laughs) 
So one Sunday, the apostles hide in fear. 50 days later, they begin turning the world up, turning the world upside down. What happened to these mealy mouth, mild mannered men that methodically ministered? They became mountain moving men who masterfully mended the messed up minds of mankind. What happened? Something happened. The Holy Spirit. God with us. God with us. There's a lot of things in life I don't understand. Anybody with me so far? There's a lot of things I don't understand. And when I understand that God is all-knowing, that he knows everything from the very beginning of creation, he spoke creation into being, and he created the heavens and the earth, and he knew what would happen through those Old Testament times. He knew what would happen with the children of Israel, with his chosen people, how they'd have to circle that mountain because of doubt and unbelief. He wanted a people who believed without question. And because they questioned what they had to do. You ever get tired of circling the same mountain? Going around and around. Definition, insanity. Same thing all the time. Believers, I would a hundred times rather step out and make a mistake than sit around and not ever do anything. He said, oh, man, Pastor, you know, whenever, whenever I start doing something, people start talking, they talk about me. Well, let me tell you, I'll tell you how you can live and not ever have anybody ever say anything bad about you. I'm going to tell you how to do that right now. Don't do anything. <laughs> Don't do nothing. Nobody will ever criticize you. You know why they hung Jesus on the cross? He did something. I'd rather make a mistake trying. Really would. But see, what happens is, is the reason we don't, are not willing to make, yeah, stay with me. The reason we're not willing to make mistakes trying is because we have allowed fear to become our master. And we're sitting in the house. COVID did one thing, it taught you how to sit around and do nothing yeah. and get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true, it's true. They just pay me to tell the truth around here. So something, something convinced them that they could count on Jesus. Something convinced them that they could count on Jesus. 
that the apostles, the disciples, they could actually count on the resurrected Jesus. And it changed everything. If you're here today, you're like, man, that sounds great. Let me just challenge you to think about really believing. The, the, the scripture that Darla read, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Is that what it says? Oh, y'all, come on with me. Y'all just seeing if you're awake yet. <laughs> trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's a challenge, isn't it? Let's just leave it right there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <clears throat> when that happens, all of a sudden, everything changes. Because at that point in time, it doesn't become all about me. It becomes all about him. Because my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus Blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest, sweetest frame, but totally lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. No other ground is sinking sand. The other ground is sinking sand. Y'all heard that one, right? I mean, I mean that solid rock. Jesus is a solid rock. You can trust Jesus. You say, well, preacher, I was going through something a long time ago, and I was praying, and, and, and nothing happened, and, and then I did this. Let me tell you something. We live in a fallen world, and bad things happen to good people. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jesus will never leave you in the middle of your problems. He will never leave you the way you found he found you because you decided to come to church today and come into the presence of God. And should you let, allow these things to soak in you and allow them to marinate inside of you throughout the week, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same because you chose to believe in the risen Savior, the one who ascended into heaven. I'm going to read to you here. I'm going to read to you. Here it is. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former account, this is, this is Luke talking, the author of, of the book of Acts. The former account I made, Luke, O Theophilus, of that day Jesus began both to do and to teach. Theophilus, um, he wrote this letter. Oh, by the way, my dad, he told me one time, he said that he almost named me Theophilus. Uh, why is that? He said, because when I saw you, he was first born. He said, I thought that was Theophilus kid I ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just a joke. So who was Theophilus? Theophilus, the the the. The writing is to Theophilus was a high priest and over the second temple that was built in like 32 AD. And, uh, but Theophilus, they, we believe, was an unbeliever. So listen to this. Luke takes time to write this entire book to an unbeliever because he valued Theophilus enough to send him this letter 
that in hopes he could change Theophilus's life. The investment that he made in this one man, and we are the recipients of this one letter that Luke wrote and sent to Theophilus, and it became a part of the word of God. It became a part of God's word, his inspired word to his church through the lips and through the writing of Luke. Never, never underestimate the things that God will go through to reach a person, and we should, I'm getting a little convicted here, be willing to go through whatever it takes to reach anybody because it's worth it. Everybody say it's worth it. Former account O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible truths. Being seen by them during 40 days, he was seen for 40 days. It wasn't just like a little sighting that happened. I think there was a Jesus sighting over here. I think, no, he was around for 40 days. That's the reason uh, it's hard for unbelievers to, to really understand why this thing of the resurrection is such a big deal because it's like, it's like, well, I don't know if that really happened. No, Jesus walked on the face of the earth for 40 days after he died on the cross. And so there's all kinds of witnesses who saw this. And a man with an experience is never at the mercy of people with arguments. 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Imagine that. That Jesus would talk about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And if Jesus talked about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, what do you think he wants us, us to talk about? Things pertaining to the, you with me. Verse four, and, after, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them. <clears throat> he commanded them. He didn't suggest to them you with me? He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time Restore the kingdom of Israel. <laughs> Don't you know, have you ever wondered what God thinks about us? I mean, really, down deep inside, he's like, and they're like, uh, Jesus, I know you, you really, number one, thank you for dying on the cross. Uh, number two, uh, man, that was cool when you was raised from the dead. Mm, I've never seen that happen before. Number three, what about the what about the kingdom of Israel? Could we just get on to that? 
You know them people up in Washington. They're, they're really, really messed up. Yeah. We, got, we got problems, Jesus. I know you got a little deal going on here, but could we just pause here? We got, we got this problem. Let me tell you something. God is not contained by time. They're thinking about their little problems and their little things. And, of course, I'm sure we never do that. And we want God to get in on our agenda, and we want God to get in on what we're doing. Never mind us getting in on what he's doing. We just got this, these people in Washington that's messing up these problems here, and if you don't... This was consuming their mind and their time. I'm talking to believers now. Let me tell you something. If Satan can distract you from believing Jesus, that he is the answer for the world today, and that above him there's no other because Jesus is the way. If he can distract you from uh, and just get in the middle of government things, because that's what's important now. Listen, we got to see the big picture the way Jesus sees the big picture, but also look at the hurting people, the people who need hope, the people who don't understand the power of the resurrection, the power of the ascension that Jesus, when he ascended into the heavens, that he is working on our behalf. It's even more better than it's ever been before. Today, it's better than it's ever been before. <laughs> but we got to believe it. We have to individually say, you know what, preacher? You know what? I don't get it. I don't completely understand Jesus. I don't completely understand the word of God. I don't completely understand this thing that the power of the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. I don't completely understand that. But Lord, whatever you have for me, whatever, everybody say whatever. That just covers the whole thing, right? Whatever you have for me, I'm going to stop my agenda. I'm going to stop what I've heard, what, what everybody else says, and I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm going to listen to your word. I'm going to be obedient to your word. You command me to go wait on this deal. I'm going to wait on it. You command me, whatever you say, Lord. He commanded them not to depart from Israel, baptizing the Holy Spirit not many days from now. They asked him, Lord, will you restore the kingdom? And here's what he said. He said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. <sighs> times and seasons doesn't mean near as much to God as it does to us. Time is like, like, like I'm kind of old right now. Like, you know, like when you're 68, fixing to be a little closer to 70, you're like, well, time, man, time. And God's up there going, Randy, really? I got this. I got this. I got you. And whatever happens, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it okay. You're good. You're good. Anybody with me? Yeah. Anybody need some of this? 
says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea. Forget about the government for a minute. Hey, I'm asking you to be a witness in Montgomery, Willis, Conroe, Magnolia, the Woodlands. Yeah, they need Jesus too. Everybody needs Jesus. Judea, he says, you be witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the other ends of the earth. Verse 9, now when he had spoken these things while they watched, while they watched, <clears throat> he was taken up in a cloud, received, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, angels, who also said, men of Galilee, hey, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner just as you have seen him go. Can you imagine being there and you're sitting there talking to Jesus and, and, and you're like, you know, you know something big's gonna happen. You just don't know what. And then all of a sudden, yeah. You imagine? And then the angels like, hey, why do you stand here gazing into heaven? Go do something. I got a great commission for you. The great commission. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got I got a plan for you, and this is what's going to bring peace to you, and it's going to bring my kingdom here on this earth. And my kingdom on this earth is going to be bigger than anything you guys here standing around looking up. It's going to be bigger than anything y'all can imagine. They're going to have like 12,000 people watching church in Montgomery, Texas in, in a few years. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> the disciples changed. The disciples changed from cowering doubters to courageous believers in a few days because of the resurrection and the ascension. Romans chapter 4, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. He was raised up for our trespasses and for our justification. Our trespasses was covered at the cross and we were justified because he came back to life again and now he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God praying for you when you pray for you and you, when you pray for others, he's with you. Listen, God's, he's for you. Something happened a few years back. I'm gonna, I got to hurry here. Something happened a few years back and I, I thought it was very appropriate. I've, I've told it quite a few years ago, but... <clears throat> I got a phone call from a guy and he was in the hospital and, and he said, Pastor, would you mind coming to my room 
and baptizing me. I need to be baptized. They told me I don't have long to live and I want to get baptized. So I went, went up to his, his room and his family was all around there and, and uh, he said, I walked in and I went to talk with him and he said, he said, Pastor, would you, would you baptize me? I said, well, because I didn't know, I, I wasn't sure how to do that because he couldn't get up out of bed. And I mean, you know, like John the Baptist, like you go down, Jesus went down. We're kind of dogmatic about that going down and coming up business. And, uh, but he couldn't do any of that. And he wanted me to baptize him. And I, so I asked him, I said, well, his name was Spooty Rucker, Spooty. And uh, I said, Spooty, have you asked Jesus to come into your heart? Because if, you, if you've not asked Jesus, baptism don't do anything. He said, I'm, no, I haven't done that. But if that's what, it, if, if I get baptized, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. So I let him, we prayed and he asked Jesus to come into his heart. He's like, will you baptize me now? I'm like, and I heard about the Catholics, you know, how they sprinkle them. You know, and I thought, well, it's John the Baptist, not John the Sprinkler, but since <laughs> special dispensation, he can't get out of bed. So I went and got a Coke cup full of water, and I thought, well, I, I didn't know what to do anyway. And so I said, Spooty, because you invited Jesus to come into your life and you accepted him as your personal Savior. I baptized you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I put my hand in that water. I just flicked it in his face. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> and, and he's like, man, he just kind of started crying. He's like, man. And so I, we're, we're all, it's all good. And he says, Pastor, he said, I got, I, I need to ask you something. He said, I need everybody out of the room. And uh, so everybody left. He said, me and my wife aren't married. We've been living together for 30 years and we're not married. He said, would you mind marrying us? I'm like, well, you got to go through the marriage class. No, I didn't say that. He said, they had a, like an 18, 20 year old daughter he said, she doesn't even know. My daughter doesn't know we're not married. I'm like, what are you going to do about that? He says, well, I need to get married. I want to do everything right. I'm like, well, nothing like wait till the last minute. <laughs> so I said, well, you got to tell your daughter. You got to tell her. He said, well, we will. And so his wife come in there and, and they told the daughter and and. It was a sweet, sweet time, honestly. And so he said, will you, will you marry us now? I said, okay. And so I said, Spooty, you take your, be your lawful wedded wife. And then I said, till death do us part. After I led him to the Lord, baptized him, married him, told his daughter that he 
He said, Pastor, he said, I haven't been able to sleep in three nights. He said, I can't go to sleep. He says, I was afraid I'd die. And he said, it's such a weight's come off of me. And I just, I can sleep now. I know I can just go to sleep. And he went to sleep that night. And he woke up in the most beautiful place you could ever imagine. Believers believe just what we do, and we're available. Today, today is a new day. Take a deep breath and let this paradigm shift come inside of you, and don't allow doubt to come into your life or fear to come into your life anymore because faith, faith is what rules us. Jesus rules believers because believers always believe no matter what they see. Believers believe. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. This morning, I'd like, or if you keep your heads bowed for just a second. If you, listen, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, Today, the scripture says it's the accepted time. Now is the accepted time. We don't have any guarantee for tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you something. The greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is accepting Christ as your personal Savior. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. But you as an individual, I had to do it. Everybody has to do it. We have to make the choice to be a believer and to accept Christ as our Savior. And if, if, if we don't do that, we're not believers. We can't do things the way we think they ought to be done. We have to do the way thing, do things the way that God says to do it. And he said, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that we'll be saved. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ, maybe if you have, you really haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody? Yeah, back in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. We don't have a lot of time here. Yep, thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Anybody else? You're just tired of playing the game. You don't want to go through it anymore. You're just, you're tired of this. It's got to get it right. Fear can't rule where Jesus lives. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. If you raise your hands, I want you to look up at me. Come on. Look up at me if you raise your hand. Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you back in the back over here? I'd love to pray with you. Would you mind coming up? I'd love to pray with you. Come on, come on back in the back. If you don't mind, come on. Yep, yep, thank you. Come on, baby. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm so proud of you. Bless your heart. Tell me, tell me your name. Andrea, thank you for coming. Thank you. You as well. Stay here. I want to pray with you, okay? Come on, partner. Come on, buddy. Yeah, that's good. Oh, well, congratulations. It's the greatest, greatest deal. I'm proud of you. How are you doing, buddy? Tell me your name. What is it? Case. Good deal. Andrea says she hasn't been to church in six years. 
And it's the first time she's been in church in six years. You, this is the greatest. This is a cool deal. So look, I want you to pray with me, okay? I want you to repeat after me because I'm going to help you invite Jesus to come into your heart. But you have to believe in your hearts. Can you do that? Okay, so just repeat after me. Y'all help us pray. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, it, it's, it's that easy. But just, just let us help you. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. We'll help you. Go visit with this lady, these guys over here for just a second, if you don't mind. Go, go, go visit with them guys. Stand with me, please. I'm going to pray for you real quick. Uh, how many need to put your faith into action? You're like, I need, I need to, I, I got I to gotta put this into action. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Lord, you see our hands. That's why we come to church. We, we want to learn from you. We want to be people of action uh, where it's not just the acts of the apostles, but it's the acts of your church. We belong to you. This church belongs to you. We worship you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to reach out into our communities, that there be a tremendous revival because of who you are in us. Thank you for the victory. And thank you for the faith. And we pray, oh God, that you would just curse that fear inside of us, that we would rise up and be complete believers. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. God bless you. We've got our prayer team. Hey, be nice out in the parking lot. There's going to be a clash. It's going to be a problem.